Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Undiscovered Country, which marks something of a special occasion because this is us saying goodbye to this cast. For the most part, there's, okay, there's yeah. like a couple of them appear in one more movie. Uh, you know, and a lot, you know, much later for us because we'll be doing it after next gen. But uh, th- this is the goodbye to the original series crew, and it even plays like that, of course, in the movie. But this is the, the final. Para. It is, and this is this is our goodbye to this era. Yeah, so that this is this marks the end of it. It felt like a big deal when we finished the, the third season because it was like, okay, that's, that's the first show done. But and this is only six more movies, but it still feels kind of special to say goodbye to this this crew. So yeah, this is the final of the movies, uh, the original cast movies, and. We will start spoiler-free, as we have done previously throughout these. I will give you a warning before we go into spoilers somewhere in the middle, and we'll, we'll dive into it. So, um, yeah, so Undiscovered Country. Uh, I'd, I'd remember it was sort of Klingon, sort of politically Klingon-related, and I the one thing I did remember was kind of the element where uh, Kirk and McCoy spend some time in, like, a, in like a prison-type planet. Um, but that, that was really all I re- remembered. Uh, I actually got kind of confused at the start because the, the credits were coming up and it said David Warner and he was in the last one. He was yeah. in five uh, as a human character and I thought, oh, I didn't realise his character came back and then he showed up as a Klingon and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. He's just a different character. All right. <laughs> all right, fine. He's a Klingon now. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, so basically... An explosion happens on one of uh, one of the moons uh, of Kronos, uh, Klingon's home world, and because of what's happened here, their atmosphere is is crumbling, and they've got fifty years, give or take, until their planet is uninhabitable, and they 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 they, they can't survive in the in the system, you know, at war with the other races. They, they need to at least at least be at peace so they can focus their efforts on fixing things. If not, just flat out need help in the long run, where they're going to have to live everywhere else and yeah. have peace with everyone, uh, naturally, because they'll be refugees, essentially. Um, and it becomes this case, okay, is, is this a chance for peace? Uh, there is one key Klingon, uh, Gorkon, Gorkin, who wants to, this is David Warner's character, who wants to build a peace treaty and sort of take away the neutral zone and, and change how things work. And Starfleet sending Kirk and Co. on their final mission to uh, basically just uh, act as a, an escort to, yeah. to the Klingon vessel to, to come to Earth for, for peace negotiations. And unfortunately, though, the, the big driving force of the plot is that someone attempts to assassinate the Klingon uh, commander. And the Klingon government, of course, see this as an act of war, and pretty uh, understandably, it sets us down this path of trying to prove who really did this, and also try and ensure that this peace talks does happen, so that we can have peace. Uh, and that's the that's the premise of the movie. So, um, I shall ask the question, Cora, did you enjoy the undiscovered country? Not really. Not really. All right. I mean, I, I get what it's doing, but I found it kind of bland. Okay, yeah, um, I I would say I like it a bit more than you, I suppose. I I think it's um, weaker than my favorites for sure, of of the movies. You know, I I like one, two, and four for sure more than it. Yeah, it's n- near, nowhere near those. Um, it's way better than five. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's not as bad as as five or or even three. I I think I think this and three are kind of in a similar level for me. I I think. Three has like more obvious big faults. 
Yeah, three had you know like just entire arcs and points that I you know that I could go. Nope, that is awful. It had ups and downs because it had really good high points. This one's a bit more consistently in the middle between the two, the the, the low and high points. Um, yeah. But there is some, there's some nice character stuff that I, that I like with Kirk especially. Um, I do like the general plot of like you know building peace with Klingons and I, I you know yeah. the final moments are quite good and uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, but it's not as good as one, two, or, or four. Like not even. I think. Well, yeah. Sure. Um, I, I don't think it's awful. Like I said, I think bland is, is probably my biggest problem with it. It's like yeah. it's just like yeah, whatever. There, there are definitely some moments I like. There's a you know the, the 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 trial scene in particular. I think is great. I think. Uh, oh, by the way, the, the, their defense attorney <laughs> in that scene uh, was Michael Dorn, who plays Worf on Next Gen. Yeah. Uh, not as Worf though. I'm wondering if that's supposed to be like Worf's like grandfather or father or something like that. Probably. Because keep keep in mind, but by the point of this movie coming out, Next Gen was on like season four or something like that. Like Next Gen was yeah. well established by this it was, movie, yeah. so this was intentional having this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, having having him there to play this role. So I'm wondering if that's just meant to be like you know maybe there'll what, be like what, a casual mention. What listed as in the credits. Oh, that's a good Just point. Klingon I, defense attorney. That is not helpful. Yeah, it's not helpful. I, I wonder if there'll be a line in next gen, like several seasons in, where his father was in a, a lawyer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or grandfather yeah. maybe, depending on the, because it's like seventy years, I think, between. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit more than just. But I mean, how long do Klingons live? That's, that's what uh, I was saying. I, I don't yeah. know what their lifespan is, so that it could just be father. It could be. Yeah, we we yeah. are clearly not versed enough in Klingon biology. And for all we know, this is a young like war father. This could be like twenty-five year old. Worf's dad. Yeah, and maybe goes to like 150. Yeah, so I mean, who, who knows? Uh, uh, this is obviously just Star Trek nerdy lore shit. That someone someone can, else can answer this. Someone can yeah. answer for us. But, um, unless it's a spoiler, unless there's actually like a reveal in Next Gen about who his parents are. In which case, don't tell us. Just let us discover yeah, we'll, that. We'll get there. But yeah, so I, I think the problems that I, I, would, I would give to the movie would be that one... Well, some of this stuff is fun. Separating the crew as much as it does, I think, hurts it a little bit. Yeah. Overall, um, I, it's I, weird having Sulu just off on his own ship. I mean, it's it's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, but... it's nice that he's a captain now. He's got his own. He's he's got the Excelsior. He's you know he's on his own. Yeah. Um, and he probably deserves it. It's just weird that this is the the goodbye to this crew, and he's just yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Notably, uh, his communications officer. They they brought uh, the yeoman back. Yeah. From from the show because I I don't think she was in any of the other movies. Maybe she was in the first one, but I don't remember her being there. I, yeah, I never recognised her because I, I think I remember saying she got shafted because even Nurse Chapel was in that movie. Um, so it was nice that they finally brought her back for a, yeah. a set. So it's, she she got promoted as well because now she's on a hero's position on this other ship. Yeah, it's just kind of weird to have you know the the goodbye to these characters and not have Sulu on the mm. bridge. I guess it's a nice send-off. I mean, I suppose you could just have him getting promoted at the end. Oh, now you're Captain Sulu. You're going to have the Excelsior and yeah, yeah, you give them that send-off. I mean, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's, it's character growth. It's just weird. Uh, also, Christian Slater has a small role on his ship. He does, yeah. He's around, so that's the thing. Um, I feel like there was another face I recognised, but I had to, my, my memory's escaping me now. Uh, but, yeah, so, so you have that. Uh, so you have them split up a little bit, which I like. Cause I like the Klingon stuff for the most part, actually. I, I, I like the the idea that there's humans and Klingons, and even other races, but certainly humans and Klingons, because they're the main two that we're dealing with, on both sides that don't really want peace. They don't trust each other. And 
uh, and how the difficulty comes. So I think the ideology of what this is doing is actually really good. Um, I just wish it just dealt, just focused on that and. Yeah, I think the, the idea is really good. I don't think it's presented that well. Yeah, it's worth um, mentioning Nicholas Meyer, who directed Can, came back and directed this one. Yeah, I don't think this is anywhere near as strongly directed as as Can. Hmm. Um. So, is yeah. So so we we. I, I, do, you know, do you know what's odd about it? I feel I feel like the plot is feels a little undercooked at times. Like it feels like it's kind of like stuff just kind of happens. Kinda. Like but not set, that, at the same time, not that much happens. They set up this big mystery about like who the attackers are early on. Obviously, we'll get to that in spoilers. But the like, I feel like the actual rev, you know, the resolution to that and the reveals of, of who was behind it just kind of felt like okay, this is simple enough. <laughs> And yeah. in some ways, in some ways, obvious. I, I guess it was kind of the only option. Yeah, kinda. Um, so, so, so that felt a little bit weak, but it did. Um, I think that was, that's. I think that's. I think that's part of my problem. Is that's supposed to be the main driving mystery yeah. of you know of the the plot? Into you, know, you have the the ideological stuff going on on the side, but that's supposed to be the driving force of the plot, and ultimately, it's just kind of there. It feels. It's weird. It feels like it feels like the plot of this and how 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 they sort of because it, it almost was like a sort of a typical episode of the show, right? In terms of the the mystery side of it, yeah. And it almost feels like the the main plot of this was actually not meant to be their final send off, but then they wrote in a lot of other elements to make it the final send off after the fact. Yeah, which kind of gives it this kind of messy feeling at points. I, I, yeah, I guess it can, I, I would hesitate to call it messy because I feel like it's it simplified down enough that it doesn't actually feel that messy in terms no, of... No, no, no. I, I agree. It's not like a messy film. Just in terms of the goodbye send-off stuff is kind of at odds with the rest of it. It's just kind of there, and that in itself is a little bit messy. Which is weird because I feel like you, you can actually spin this to say, no, no, the final thing Kirk and his crew ever did was start the piece with Klingons. That's actually a really nice fitting like, conclusion is, to their... Yeah their journey right i mean that 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 works i think so i think you could argue that they should do that uh, speaking of actors by the way we mentioned uh, plumber as uh, one of the klingons uh, chang uh, kurtwood smith plays the federation president under a lot of makeup um so he's there as well so there's a lot of faces in this one um it's also worth mentioning this one starts for uh, with a dedication to gene roddenberry i ass- I, I didn't know when exactly he passed away but i assume it was between the last movie and this one yeah i actually i know i know the story of this one it was um because this is it was like two days after he saw the cut oh really yeah because i remember i i've I read this a long time ago where he had an argument about the you know his opinion on the cut and it with, with the with the director and it got pretty heated and then he died like two days later do, do you know if Meyer I don't know, I don't took know his if recommendations? I, I don't, not as far as I'm aware. He never said that he did. But, so I, I don't know. That's a weird position to be in. Because if, if you feel strongly as a director that you're doing the right thing, you but then the creator it, right? of the whole thing passes away, and then you're like, do I take his the advice? The last conversation I had with him was him telling me this stuff is wrong. Like, do I honor his memory and just do what he wanted because it was his thing? But alternatively, um, he was pretty ill, I think. Okay. So it's like, well, was he? Yeah, you know, was he in the 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 best creative mindset? Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, debates to be had. There um, is, yeah. But no, it was kind of. It was like it, it, it's oddly 
sadly fitting that the final original crew adventure has the dedication to the creator. It does. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's just a, there's a weird, like, sad irony to it that, that, that just kind of works. Um, and interestingly, you get the credits again at the end, and it's the signatures of all the, the main cast, like, right yeah. across the screen, which I thought was weird. <laughs> but, I mean, was weird. <laughs> but it's whatever, it's, it's, it's them saying goodbye. Like, it's them saying goodbye to everyone, so it's like, yeah. Because, obviously, we're saying goodbye to the characters, but that felt like the, the, the cast were just, oh, we'll sign our names in. Yeah. And... It's kind of weird that this as much as it's a goodbye, it's also, you know, it's a passing of the torch to next gen, right? Yeah, it's weird that next gen's like four seasons in as you're doing that passing the torch. I think it, it makes sense to me because well, keep in mind it was only three years after this where the first next gen movie comes out, so they're kind yeah. of passing the torch for the movies in a way. But it's also a way of honouring the show, which by this point had become really good and popular. Where they're saying, "No, we acknowledge that something's coming next," because because you know the final speech, the final you know voyage speech, even says, "We'll be you know this is the last time we'll have on this ship, and we'll be passing it on to future generations." That word is very specific. Like they they chose the word generations intentionally. It is, it is, and even the the uh, where, where where no man has gone before is he uh, does the the no one. Yeah, you know, I actually never realized that there was a a scripted change like that because obviously it changed at one point because they realized oh this is a bit shit that we're specifying men right and because yeah. star trek of course is largely about being progressive right that, that's kind of the point and somewhere along the line someone realized hey wait a minute it's kind of shitty we're singling out men in that phrase i never realized that there was a moment in this like in this movie that I, you know obviously re-watching it i discovered again where he actually says man and then corrects himself and says where no one has gone yeah, I before i think it's because the no one version is the next gen version uh, maybe right. It's been a long time since I've seen. Uh, which, which is why opening. I say it's kind of the passing the torch thing, where it's like acknowledging that that's the new version of the speech. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's the right version, really. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. No. So I, I, yeah, I thought that was nice. And obviously, we're talking about a speech at the end of the movie here, but it. it I don't think that's a spoiler because it's it's just the where no man has gone before speech. It's, that's it's all. It's the is. one that's at the end of all of them. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! Because we spoke about this last time. We did. Oh. Okay, it's at the end of all of them now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was only the end of a couple of the original movies. Yeah, yeah, but we but we established that it's it's just a thing now. Yeah, uh, so so no, so I I I think it's I I think it's good overall. Like I I think it's like I I can happily skip five for the rest of my life and never watch five again. I will always watch this to round it off. Yeah, I think you kind of have to. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning you can skip because because we said that it felt like Spock's journey to becoming Spock again ended at the end of four, and then five kind of rehashed parts of it. So you can happily skip five, and it feels feels like you've missed nothing, nothing of importance has been missed. I'm trying to think if there's anything. There's nothing, uh, even the fact that Kirk brings up you know he's got a photo of his son, which Joe, you know it's funny. One of my complaints was maybe going to be at the start when Kirk was so against like making peace with Klingons. He was he was he was bordering on just outright racist the way he was speaking. It was yeah, um, but it did a very smart thing where almost in the very next scene it reminded you that a Klingon killed his son, and it was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to give him a pass that he's this passionate about this because it yeah, actually and, makes sense. And it becomes relevant later as well. Yeah, it does. Um, and obviously that's part of his arc for the movie. It's like, no, we have to get past this so we can have peace. We have to get past our... our... Yeah, him and Spock going like, well, hang on. Are we are we too old for this? Yeah. Uh, is it time to pass again, pass it on to new generations? You know, is this... Yeah. They, they knew it was the last one and they, they knew, you know, it was getting passed on to, to next gen. In a way already had because of the TV show, but... Yeah. You know, it's... 
Uh, but it's, uh, it's which which is why it almost works better us watching it like this, like just watching through to here and then going into next. I know we agree, but it'll, I can see how it worked at the time as well. Because imagine you're a Star Trek fan, you're watching through next gen. You're on, I think, because it started in '87, I think. So yeah, I think you're on about season four-ish. Maybe maybe just ending four, starting five, or ending four. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. I can see you. You you love that show. You've been you you enjoyed the movies, but the only movie that came out since the show started was Five, and Five was shit. So I imagine a Star Trek fan in nineteen ninety one before this movie comes out is probably that the old crew are probably has beens, and the, you know they had great adventures, but the last movie was shit, and Next Gen's great. So you know I, I I root for Next Gen more so. So I imagine that seeing this movie and seeing it kind of end with them saying, "Hey." It's their turn now. Like you know, we've officially let no, them have I, it. No, I, I get that. It yeah. works, I think. Yeah, no, it does. I just I like the idea that in terms of the the passing the torch elements for this order that we we've chose to watch in, mm. that okay, we get them acknowledging that okay, maybe it's time for the new guard. Yeah. And then we move into what that becomes. Yeah, it's funny. Actually, obviously, they've been getting gradually older as we as we go through here, um, and I felt like this was the only one where I feel like Shatner kind of looks with what looks like what i think of as shatner looking like now i mean obviously he's older now and he's he's, he's put on more weight now but yeah he looks more like i think of as the old man shatner in this than then because I, I think in the previous movies he still kind of looked like a a younger shatner if that makes yeah, sense. yeah i'm with it do you know who who struck me as i think the first time i went do you know what he's he's got older hmm. check of yeah that's fair i think he's uh his his face finally just stopped being the the youthful rounded face that even even in the mm. last couple of movies he still had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, At least compared to everyone else. Yeah, compared to everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so no, I actually one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh, when they first get to the the, the Klingon ship, the Bird of Prey, and they say to them, uh, "Do you want to come over for dinner?" And David Warner, you know, has uh, what's his name, Gorkin. He's like, "Oh, I would be honored to you know accept that invitation." And the comms go off, and everyone's getting ready to leave. And it just cuts to Chekhov sitting in his chair, and he just sort of says, "Goes, guess who's coming to dinner?" <laughs> I can't do a Russian accent, but you know, um, it will, yeah. it's a neat reference because it's obviously the movie "Guess Who's Coming to Dinner," but in this case, it's Klingons. It's the Star Trek version of "Guess Who's Coming to Dinner." Uh, yeah, I just thought that was a good line. So, it was. It was. Oh, I, I give that that props. Um, so no, I, I like the character stuff in this a lot. It it just it maybe falters a little bit by just not being that interesting in terms of its main plot. At least, at least as interesting as it should should be, given what's happening. Yeah, it um, should be a lot more intriguing. It feels a, a, a bit lukewarm in that front, but um, the character stuff I think is pretty solid. So um, yeah. yeah, so I I think we'll we'll I'll say spoilers now. Say full spoilers for the for the movie, and we'll we'll get diving into it. So, so one of the things that interests in this is that now the Klingons do have a prototype bird of prey that can fire well cloaked. Because that's been the rule up until now. Yeah. And I'm okay with them changing it, because I'm okay with them saying, no, no, now they've got an even better one. This is now the dangerous, this is the Jaws. It's, a pro- it's progression. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, and that's that, that kind of sets up the how, how the Klingon... Because I, I love that it was a Klingon who was kind of the, the, the main person who was behind the, the assassination attempt now it turned out to be a kind of an assembly of things with all these different races like all had a hand in it yeah um but i liked the the klingon kind of was the main you know plumber uh who, who i could tell immediately was trying as soon as he started speaking and hey by the way tidbit here a bit of trivia this was originally meant to be kevin spacey uh, but christopher Plummer got the role uh after kevin spacey dropped out okay 
that's uh, probably for the better. I'm in case anyone thinks I'm being serious, I'm joking, right? It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to be sure, because it's not like it would be would be the first time. <laughs> first, well, that's why I'm making the joke. No, no, but it's it, you know, it's not like it would be the first time that it could have happened. Sure. You know, people dropping out of movies and being replaced is not that uncommon. <laughs> Thank you. you. You've you've over-explained it so much that it's no longer funny. But um, So, you know, and we get Sarek back as well, which is nice again. It's more of a send-off for, for most of the people. Yeah, he's only there a little bit, right? Yeah, he's only there a little bit. Um, it's kind of weird that he had the, you know, the end the credits at the start. You know, his, his name was there. It's just because he's notable. It's like a contract thing. Yeah, he yeah. gets the special it was, it was, mention. And then he's there. I think he says like one line or something like that. Yeah. He was notably sitting down in both of his scenes as well. I'm wondering if the actor was maybe sold at that point that maybe he couldn't, you know, that, that, that was the condition. He has to be sitting down in all of his scenes just because. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. I'm, I'm not complaining about it. It would be nice but, to see him, don't get me wrong. Um, so, yeah. So, so. I, I like the, the whole idea of like, no, we can change things here. And this will be. Because at one point. Uh, Gorkin, after he kind of realizes that Kirk's been kind of uncomfortable through the dinner, and because we have this dinner scene, of course, where there's a line of our crew and then a line of Klingons on the other side, mm. and Gorkin says, "Oh, you don't really trust me, Captain." And I get that this is tough, but for our generation, this you know bright future that we're trying to build to will be the hardest because we are the ones who have all the memories. You know, he doesn't say this. That's where he sort of stops speaking. But the implication is that we are the ones who have all the memories of all the war, of all the yeah. hatred between each other. This will be get easier in time, you know. By the time we get to next gen and it's Worf on the Enterprise, it'll be a yeah. bit easier because they'll have grown up with this idea. Yeah, it's something that plays into the the, the Cold War themes mm. that that are in this movie. The idea that yeah, okay, it's it's hard at the time to to really give up those uh, rivalries, right? Because they they remember like with 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 fear of each other. Whereas you know, as time goes on, it gets less aggressive yeah yeah uh so i like that side of it and I, I like the idea that when the when you know gorkin does get assassinated uh which by the way the uh the blood cgi in a 1991 movie yeah now i realize that terminator 2 came out in 91 and the cg in that obviously holds up fairly well for what it is because you know yeah because james cameron because <laughs> he threw a shitload of money at it same with the abyss. The abyss came out in eighty nine, and the water CG in that for the for the the water, uh, I'll call it Avatar. Uh, no pun intended, because <laughs> I'm not talking about Cameron. But there's like a water face at one point, and it's and it, you know it holds up pretty well for what it is. Like you know, I don't. You know, when you watch that movie now, now that I've done that in a long time, because the freaking movie's not out in anything other than non anamorphic SD. And that bastard, he's got the hit, the 4K master sitting waiting to be approved, but he's too busy. I'm, leave Pandora for one day, watch the damn master, and approve it as a director. <laughs> Is that actually true? He's just, he's just waiting on his approval. That and True Lies. He's got them sitting there in the house. He, 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 I want to watch this movie. He, he did I... an interview this, this uh, week. This is a bit of a tangent. He did an interview this week where he said that both that and Trilize, Abyss and Trilize. Now, Trilize, I want a HD as well, but at least the DVD's anamorphic, so it's viewable. It's not as desperate, yeah. yeah. It's still watchable in its current state. But he's, he's got both of them there. He's had them for a while. Um, he's, he sort of basically outlined how long it would take him to approve both. He said it would take something like 
20 hours of work because he, he want because he has to go through it and like do like uh like notes for color timing and stuff like that he just wants to like make adjustments right is that uh, 20 hours of work each or like 10 each yeah i think it was like total 20 to 25 hours total right and he says right now he just doesn't have that but he did say that he wants to get it done by the end of the year and given that we're in december you know hitting december when, when he made that comment he's intending on doing it this month so you might get a release in 2019 yeah I'll, 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 see as soon as the Abyss is available in HD we're doing it on Influx, it's happening because I have been dying to watch it for a long time I'll I'll allow it just because <laughs> I know, I've i been intrigued to watch it I've, I've gone, oh we all watch that every so often and then I remember it's this bastardized shite, shite un- unwatchable book yeah. uh, do you know and the I best go, part about oh, it never mind. is obviously we'll watch the special edition because that's the proper version right and I can't wait to tell you what wasn't in the theatrical cut. Is it going to be like all of this stupid shit that should just is essential? Very essential. <laughs> You'll be gobsmacked at what wasn't in that theatrical cut. So, anyway, but uh, back on topic. So yeah, so yeah, CG blood, very bad. But yeah, so what I was saying, I like that. So the 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 Klingon Gorkin dies. Yes. And McCoy and uh, Kirk are there because uh, McCoy's trying to save him. And it doesn't work. And they're suspicious of Kirk and McCoy, but they kind of let them work on him and then arrest them after the fact. But as the Gorkin's dying, he, he says to Kirk, don't let, let this be the end of it. Knowing that this death will cause a ruckus in the, the pot- potential peace. He's like, he, he says to Kirk, don't let this be the end of peace. Like, do it. Fight for it. Um, And I like that because it, it was like... Obviously, they come from the, you know both sides of the line. They, they're... they're, they're opposite in so many ways and i think there's something touching about the idea because the klingon is traditionally a character who is meant to be the angry one that that is as a race of people that is their characteristic they, they like war they like fighting they're angry and there's something kind of touching about kirk being the angry one and this klingon who has kind of seen the light saying to him please fight for peace because we need it um yeah. and it's kind of touching i think it hits kirk in that moment so you know, but so by the time we get to the end, and Kirk's kind of admitting that maybe he's, you know, he he was, you know, had blind rage because yeah, even everyone at the end of the movie when they're getting back in the ship before the final speech, even Chekhov and that's like saying, hey, we all had kind of bad thoughts when they suggested this. We were all kind of doubting it and said, oh, we should just, you know, I mean, Kirk outright said, let them die. He said that line at the start of the movie. Yeah, that was pretty vicious. Yeah, even for even for Kirk. Yeah, so I you know I, I like that arc. I like that arc in the movie. Um, that is the best thing about it. And then the, the send off with the speech and and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, I think I think the the outside of the character moments like that. I think the highlight scene for me is definitely the the trial. Mm. I thought that was a, a lot of fun and you know, them twisting it and you know McCoy giving his defense. Yeah, and I tried. Like, no, you know, and him desperately and just like I tried to save him. Yeah, and you believe him when he yells that you believe he was trying trying his best to save him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. So yeah, they get set off to a prison planet, and they end yeah, up. Yeah, I thought the prison break section was kind of just forgettable. Yeah, it, it, that's the part that feels like it could just be like a, an episode of a TV show. Like this was just a plot in an episode. It would have been fine in an episode, but it feels kind of lackluster in a in a movie. Coming coming after the previous movies, especially, I think if this had been the first one, mm. it it would have got away with a bit more. Yeah. So given where we are after that, the last, especially to two through four. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I like Spock being smart enough to pl- plant the tracker. Oh, in fact, speaking of Spock, he, he drops a colourful metaphor at the end. 
<laughs> he does, doesn't he? Um, where because there's jokes throughout about him not being human again, of course, because there always is, and they get orders to go back to you know Starbase for decommission, right? Yeah, it's like, that's it. Report in, you're done. Right, and obviously one of the points in the movie is that Kirk says, "Yeah, I've occasionally disobeyed orders <laughs> when the occasion calls for it." Yeah. And they all kind of look around. They're really sad that this is the end of their, their, their final trip. And it's Spock. Spock, the least, you know, this is the joke, of course, is that Spock's not human, but in many ways he is more yeah. human than some of them. And right? he goes, you know, if I were human. If I were human, I would say to hell with them. Yes. If I were human. <laughs> if I were human. And then Kirk just smiles and gives the order to, you know, just ride into the sunset, essentially. Yeah, well, the second star on the left. Full yeah. speed ahead. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's really sweet in that regard. I like. That. Oh, obviously the race back because there's a new uh, peace treaty uh, location with uh, everyone showing up, and the crew have to get there. And because I actually wish it focused more on this, where they made more of a deal about them having to race back and try to like figure out what the assassination attempt was going to be. Because it felt very rushed how they come in and immediately say, like, "Oh, go up there, Scotty," and he gets the the sniper. Yeah. yeah. We do, um, we do have a spark doing the, the the mind melt near the Vulcan that is like a forced mind melt. Yeah, yeah, he has to force it so that they can figure out who's behind the assassination. Because when they f- when they figure out it's uh, uh, yeah, uh, Vulcan in the city, <laughs> Kim Cattrall, uh, when they figure out that it's her that's actually part of the, the the conspiracy, he forces a mind melt and she tries to resist because she's Vulcan, so she can, you know, yeah. more more so than a human can at least. And he kind of forces it and gets like that. The, one of the humans that's on the council was involved, as was the the Romulan. Um, it feels pretty aggressive. Yeah, it, it, I, li- I actually kind of like that scene. Uh, as much as the reveal of her is kind of underwhelming, that scene of him kind of forcing it, uh, as, as like you say, is aggressive. It feels like Spock's overstepping a line to a point, but at the same time, he has to. Otherwise, it's 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 the, the it's kind of the greater good, right? Yeah. It's it's the the needs of the many here. Outweigh the needs of you, you traitorous bitch. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Uh, so 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 no. Um, I I, I so I, I dug that scene. So there's a lot of individual scenes that are really good. I, I I like the overall arc with the the Klingons and the piece. It's just that the, the the prison break stuff feels really simplistic for what it is. As does the stopping the assassination. I I wish the I'm actually okay with the prison break being quick. I think the stopping the assassination should have been more of a build-up and more of, okay, we need to figure out what their plan is. We need to figure out where they're going to go. How are we going to stop this? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's and, there's, there's the makings of a really good movie here. Yeah. It's just kind of thrown in. Just, I don't yeah. know, refine these ideas. Yeah. Re, re, you know, expand on certain areas. Yeah. I, I like McCoy even getting in on the torpedo, though, like, because they would figure out how to like, maybe like kind of fire a torpedo that will track the, the invisible ship. Yeah. And then once that happens, Sulu shows up with the Excelsior and blasts it to hell. He's like, just you know, just target that explosion, that fire. Yeah. Just target that. Go for it. Um, and that was that was good because because Sulu's kind of got their back because because Starfleet's want to call in the Enterprise because they want to get get them out of the situation. And they ask Sulu like, "Well, where, where do you know where the Enterprise is?" And Sulu's like, to Christian Slater, he's like, "We don't know a thing." And he's like, "But sir, he's like, did you hear hearing impaired there, Lieutenant? <laughs> Go." <laughs> Yeah, and and then uh, when when Kirk contacts him later, or maybe he contacts Kirk. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hazy which way around it is, and and Kirk's like, you know, you could be in pretty serious trouble just for talking to us. And so it's like, what was that? You didn't didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So he'll always be partly at a price. His heart's yeah, always exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we never even talked about the, the the character that helps them escape, but it's, it's all a ruse to get them to try and escape so they can shoot them, basically, uh, without any uh, thingy. Um, so we have this, this mysterious is, shapeshifter who yeah, kind of helps. This them. is a part that, to me, I don't know why it's even in the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the logic behind it's not terrible. Like it's like, okay, so there's people who just want them to be dead, so they want to like set them up so they can just shoot them. It's fine as an idea. I just it don't think it adds anything at all to the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I I guess just break. I guess the Enterprise just breaking him out when he's uh when they're on transport to the planet or something would have been more sad. Yeah. That, that said though, they set up that if the Enterprise try to break them out, then they'll it'll be an act of war. Whereas technically, what actually happens is they're just out in the cold and they get beamed up. Yeah. Well, so I, I get it. I don't know. Yeah. It felt like just just because we need something happening. They they rate around that a little bit. I suppose. Yeah. Like like I say, I, I wish it really just dealt with the. Uh... Or anything, just I mean, I know it takes away the uh, the trial scene, which, which you like, but if anything, just have Kirk and McCoy manage to escape the ship when they try to arrest them, so that they're on the on on the Enterprise trying to be part of the who figure out who's behind us, and then just have the the rest of the movie be about trying to stop the second assassination attempt. Yeah. Um. You know that that makes some sense to me. So, but you know, I mean, false and all, it's not a bad movie. I don't think. Yeah. Do you know one of the one of the things that actually I just I, I, this isn't like oh this is awful, but really confused me. Go on. There's a bit towards the end when they're communicating with the Klingons, and apparently they have no knowledge whatsoever of the Klingon language. Oh, actually, I was going to talk about this. I'm glad you brought this up. She's so, just there, like, flicking through the books. See, I, I have no problem with them not knowing Klingon, right? I have no problem with that. My question, though, is... Kirk even ref, ref, references, at one point, a universal translator in this very movie. So, are you telling me that the ship's computer doesn't have a translator on board? Like, Or even if it didn't, they can't just use one of their translators to, to yeah, translate this it? Yeah, thing. They, they communicate with a lot of alien species, right? Yeah. And Klingons are their main enemy as far as they're concerned i feel like they'd have a fundamental understanding even if not on a personal level the ship though you know do you know the fight is though is i actually really enjoy the scene for the comedy because it is funny when it cuts to them and they're all, like scotty's funny, there with yeah. the book and like everyone's got dictionaries out and they're all trying to figure and, and out they're speaking it's it's they're speaking gibberish essentially yeah they try to say things back to them and then they have to like fake the laugh to the klingons like it's actually a really funny little comedy scene. The problem is, is that we have the technology to translate it's, this. It, it's funny. It just makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. It felt forced because of that. Yeah. Because 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 it was like three scenes earlier when Kirk first gets to the the prison, an alien tries talking to him and he mentions, "Oh, they took my universal translator off me when when they arrested me." Not so universal. Yeah, and I'm like, "What? Well, the, the 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 computer on the ship doesn't can't just do this natively? What?" <laughs> But yeah. hey, whatever. Like, there you go. It's just, it's, yeah, it's like a minor detail overall. It's not a big deal, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it stuck out to me when I was watching it. Um, I'm not someone who likes to like get hung up on like. Well, technically, they they, they established this technology at some point. So, this one was just jarring. Yeah, that's that's one felt a bit weird though, because it was such a simple little thing. Like um, communication has never been a problem at all, really, in Star Trek. No, so uh, yeah. They did it for the joke. They wanted to have the joke of them all having like you know dozens of books around them and which I get. It's it is funny. It just 
you know, it felt like, oh, we really want to do this. Mm. But hey ho, hey ho. Uh, but yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's definitely uh, of the weaker half. If you only, you know, for six movies, you're gonna have a weaker half and a better half. Oh, to be honest, I would say it's more uh, a shit one, which is five. Then a an okay sort of middle tier with some good elements, which is three and six, and then I I, I quite like one, two, and four. Yes, a very good to great tier. Yes, so uh, there there you go. That that is the the adventures of the original crew, uh, complete. Um, outside of the animated series, which who knows, maybe one day we'll go back and do when we run out of everything else, but. Uh, for right now, we are we are going on to the next generation. Uh, we will take a week off, though. There will not be one next week. Uh, we'll I, think, be back. I think it'll be two weeks. Yeah, two weeks off. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is going up. Oh, well, I can just tell you, next generation. Uh, the the pilot. Uh, will be going up for patrons on Christmas Day, and it'll be going up for everyone else on New Year's Day. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. easy to remember, right? <laughs> Can't get simpler than that. It is. So if you're in the, the general public, you're watching this on YouTube, New Year's Day, there you go. Yeah, so um, yeah, so you can look forward to that. We should rate the movie, though. We should rate Undiscovered Country. We should. I'm feeling like around a 5.5 to a 6. Because I feel like even a 6 might be a bit too generous in that I feel like it's mm. a really undercooked movie. But it has just enough things that I like so I think I'll give it to it, but it's a very tepid six. Um, let's see. I gave Search for Spock a seven, and I think I'd probably rate this six point five, just slightly lower than Search for Spock. And I think the reason why I would do that is kind of like like I said. I think I think Search for Spock has higher highs. It also has lower lows. Mm. But it does have higher highs. So even though if you if you were purely logical about it, like Spock, they'd probably average out to the same quality in my head. But because the higher highs stick with me more, yeah, I'll, I'll you know I stretch uh, search for Spock to a seven, but uh, I'll go six point five on this one. Uh, so the only the only one that I think is outright bad is five. Yeah, I, I think five's really bad. I think search for Spock's pretty bad, personally. Yeah, but. But, you, know, you like a lot of shit Doctor Who episodes, so I mean, your, your judgment's impaired. And you like the shit ones. One sh- Well, no, I like one that you think is shit. I know it's shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but you know, before we go, we have one last thing to talk about. We do? We do. We have Shatner Claus. Oh, you, you listen to Shatner Claus, okay. Oh, I listen to Shatner Claus. All right, bonus round. Uh, Shatner Claus uh, thoughts and impressions, which is William Shatner's new Christmas album that you can get on your yeah. Spotify's now, I assume. You can, you can. It's yeah. uh, it's kind of the spoken word thing that he does. Uh, a lot of uh, guests. Um, Iggy Pop was on one of them. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so there's a bit of a mixture. you got some kind of just somber, you know, traditional style almost carol-esque ones and then you've got others that are kind of bluesy or rocky yeah there's a there's a punk version of jingle bells <laughs> that that closes off the album that's kind of fun um he's he is he is having a lot of fun with that one in particular that one and felice navidad he is having a lot of fun with just just going for it <laughs> what what does shatner's punk singing voice sound like it's more of a aggressive semi-shouting 
I recommend listening to that, if nothing else. Uh, just, My name just is Tiberius Kirk. Yeah, yeah. I recommend checking out that one, if nothing else. Um, it's fine. It's, it's actually a pretty pretty standard Christmas fair. Uh, you, you you won't go too far wrong with it. It's, it's not amazing. Stand out. But... Shatner Claus. Okay. Shatner right. Claus. It's, it's worth it just for the name. All right. Uh, so um uh, just uh, also oh. other small update i tried i tried to do the star trek tree <laughs> I, I i i told girlfriend it's just i was like look i know you want to do christmas and you, you got your tree and i'll usually let you decorate it not this year we're doing a star trek christmas and she went and where are you going to get all this star trek tree stuff from and i went amazon because amazon has my back on everything except this can't be done couldn't find a single star trek bauble so what are you gonna do but i tried i have to customer i'm sure you could just get some like uh, enterprise keychains and like just use them i could i was talking to someone about it at work and she goes why don't you just order you know order them i was i was looking at ordering some baubles and then she went but you do have to do corporate size orders and i went how much is a corporate size order and she went Mm -hmm. Minimum of five hundred. That makes me think of that scene in Batman Begins where they're ordering the ears and the curls, and he says, "Oh, to avoid suspicion, we'll have to do a large order as a company." He's like, "How yeah. many? Ten thousand. Oh, we'll have spares then." <laughs> yeah, and if I had more money, I might have done it. I might have gone for the joke. <laughs> You'd have to have like filled out a cupboard full of <laughs> yeah, full of yeah. spares. But all right, I'd have just taken every everyone's getting Star Trek baubles for Christmas. There you go. There you go. That, that would have been it. Everyone gets a set of ten. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Even the people I don't like. Hey, you at work. Here's some Star Trek Bob. <laughs> what a weird and specific gift. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's almost like I had hundreds left over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like Star Trek. Tough. Here's some Star Trek bubbles. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so that'll wrap up the Undiscovered Country review. Uh, by all means, of course, let us know what you thought of the thought of the movie. If you want to support the show and support our Star Trek discussions and the ongoing adventure, which is going to continue through Next Gen and Deep Space Nine and, and Voyager and Enterprise, uh, which will take years, but <laughs> we're going to do them all. We'll get there. You can go over to patreon.com slash TV. And you can you can support us over there for as little as a dollar per month, which does get you the Star Trek discussions a week early, uh, as we said, uh, and some other stuff as well. But uh, uh, go go uh, have have a look. Uh, otherwise, you can support us by liking and subscribing because YouTube cares about that stuff quite a bit when it recommends us out to people. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, thank you very much uh, for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek, and to everyone but Connor, live long and prosper. You know you need to start doing the hand sign when you do that. And to everyone but Connor, live long and prosper.